Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Brian J. Henderson. And I'm your co-host, Gregory Turner. Greg, how are you today? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm ready to get this show on the road tonight. I hear that. I hear that. You know, I had an interesting day. It seems like everything in my office kept breaking. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it seemed like just about everything I touched today either broke and I had to figure out how to fix it or, you know, it was just crazy. Yeah, that's okay. You You know, and, and the whole time, you know, I kept saying, I'm running out of time. i got to get this done. I'm running out of time. I'm losing time. I'm losing time. And, you know, and it's kind of the inspiration for tonight's show. Tonight's show is entitled Turning Loss into Gain. Mm. And, you know, interestingly enough, I thought about it as I was, you know, losing all this time and trying to figure out how to get you know, this one thing that's messed up working again and this other thing that's not working, working, that the whole time while I was losing time, I was gaining experience. Yes. And so just like the show's title, I was able to turn my loss into a gain. Yes. There's something positive in everything that we do. No matter what it is that's going on in our lives or in your life, there's something positive that you can take from it. The only thing is you just need to calm down in the situation, why, whatever it is that you're dealing with, why it's going on, and just think for a second. Just calm down and just look at it, and I guarantee you you'll see something positive in it, Brian. And I know you got that probably after you had a headache and uh, and rushing and trying to make things happen and, and this and that. And, and basically what we do is when we do that, we start placing time on things, we're dealing with limits. We're placing limits on ourselves. And that's something that we can't do when we we start putting time, 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 time. And just just calm down, relax, and it'll come to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I in my in my regular normal day job I work on computers and everybody knows that computers can be tricky little pieces of machinery that sometimes you want to just break <laughs> and sometimes you do break. Yeah. You know, and I have I have a hard time stepping away from what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I want it to work. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up until it's until the job is done. Mm-hmm. And so I had to actually step away from it today and I took a lunch break. You know, sometimes I do take a lunch break, sometimes I don't. But I took a lunch break today, and all I did was I walked. I went and I walked around a couple other stores, didn't buy anything. But, uh, you know, I just had to reflect on something completely different that, you know, that wasn't related to computers. And once I did that, you know, my mind cleared up a little bit, and that's when I thought about the, the, uh, the, the whole notion of, I gained experience through losing time. Yes. Yes. And you know what, I I think, and well, I know for a fact, when we calm down and when we take the time to step away from whatever it is that we're dealing with, no matter what it is in your life, no matter what you're facing right now, if you just step away from it and just clear your mind, get by yourself or walk, I do it daily. I, I do it daily. I do it every morning, and I do it throughout the day. I'll just walk and just just spend that peaceful time. And you know who I'm talking with, Brian. And mm-hmm. I just spend that time with him, and everything just falls in place. Absolutely. You know, some people, when they're when they're faced with you know an obstacle or an issue or a problem that they can't you know, when they they seem like they just can't fix it, they can't get through it, you know, you just have to sit back and reflect on what you're really doing and why you're doing it and walk yourself back through the processes. Yeah. I know what I do a lot of times is 
I'll go and I'll call somebody or I'll talk to somebody when I'm like I'll walk away from my computer, I'll go talk about something completely different or sometimes I'll talk about the issue that I have. Mm-hmm. And just talking about it, walking back through my mind gives me new revelation on what I should do to fix it. Yeah. Uh, you, well, know, you know, in the losses, <clears throat> I, I, you know, I, I know a lot of women that have gone through bad relationships and they're hurting. Mm-hmm. And they've lost so much time. That's what they say. I've lost so much time with this guy that I was with. I went through domestic violence. I went through the verbal. I went through all of these things with this man. And I can never get that time back. And it's hard to ask someone, Brian, that's gone through something like that. Well, what's the, what was the positive thing that you get out of that? Hmm. You know, when when dealing with relationships, a lot of times people will say, oh, the only good thing I got out of that relationship is that I'm not in it anymore. And they'll tend to focus on the negative aspect, even when you ask them about something positive. Mm-hmm. You know, and even with a bad relationship, you gain experience. You know not, you know, you know what you like and you don't like, and you know what you're not going to tolerate and what you are going to tolerate. And so even when you've gone through a bad relationship, it just makes you, you know, it, like you always say, Greg, you can get bitter or you can get better. Yes. And, you know, typically people just get bitter. Mm-hmm. They don't get better. Mm-hmm. You know, That's so true. take any take any situation that you're in like that. Get better, mm-hmm. Brian. You know, I was talking with someone just the other day, and it was about marriage. And I asked a question: When you walked down the aisle, what did you have any second thoughts? Did you think that this person wasn't right for you, Brian? The court, the answer was: I know they weren't right for me. I know this wasn't my husband. I know this person wasn't supposed to be my wife. Why did you walk down the aisle? That's almost like asking a woman, why is she in a relationship, an abusive relationship? Hmm. It's a a hard thing to understand. It's a hard thing to walk away from. And especially, Brian, for someone on the outside looking in, it's very hard for anybody to judge these people and say, well, you know what, you deserve that. If you're staying in that relationship, you're doing no, 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 no. Yeah, you know, and you hear people say that, Greg, and you want, and sometimes you kind of, you know, you kind of say, yeah, they're right, but are they really right? Do you really deserve that type of relationship where you've been beaten on and slapped around and arms and legs are broken and you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. been just demoralized and talked down to and knocked down and you know what I mean? You don't deserve that. Nobody deserves that. And for folks that are in those type of situations, you can actually learn from that relationship, but only if you get out of it. Mm-hmm. If you stay in that type of relationship, you haven't learned a thing. You know, and some people say, well, it's not easy to get out of that type of relationship. And they're right. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do because you have soul ties. You have emotional connections with those people, even when they're being abusive to you. You know, you tend to, and, you know, especially with with a lot of battered women, they tend to hate and love the person that they're, that's, a, that's battering them. I mean, men and women alike. Mm-hmm. They hate the fact they're being treated like this, but they love that person that so much that they don't want to see that person get in trouble, and they don't want to hurt that person's feelings. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, too, Brian, they they are either threatened. Uh, the man is either threatened to do something to the to the children, or to do something to the family, or to do something to that person if they leave. Uh-huh. And it's a sad, it's a sad, sad situation. You and I were talking about this just last week, and I think I read that men that kill their wives usually go to jail or to prison for, I think it's five to seven years, I believe. Mm-hmm. But when a woman kills her husband, I think the numbers were uh, ten to fifteen. 
Why is that? I don't understand that. I I I really can't. I, I tried to understand it, but I, I cannot. I just don't understand that. Hmm. And it's so sad that women uh, are dealing with issues like this. But Brian, you know what? I really believe that a lot of this has to do with self-esteem. I believe that the men uh, have attacked these women at certain angles, and one thing that they try to attack is the mind and play those games on them to make them feel that they are less than who they were created to be. And when Mm -hmm. you do that, you're just a walking zombie when you don't have that self-esteem, when you don't know your worth, when you think you have to be a slave to this man or a slave to this woman. It happens all the time in relationships. They can kill your self-esteem really, really easy if you don't know who you are. And it's sad. And that's I a loss. Agree. I, that's I totally one of the agree. Yes, yes, yes. That's one you of the losses. You know, Greg, it's, it's the year 2008, and you still have people that are in what I call the lost column. Mm-hmm. The lost and the lost column. Because... They don't know how to win. They don't know what it takes to gain. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to lose everything to gain everything. That's right. You know, I'm going to say that again. Sometimes you have to lose everything to gain everything. Because what we consider a loss and a gain nowadays, sometimes it's really not a loss or a gain. You know, people will consider... Oh, if I got a brand new car with some rims on it and a 28 inches high and I got $5,000 worth of sound and two t- four TVs in the door and eight TVs in the trunk, that I've gained something. You see what I mean? Yeah. And, and technically they're right. All they've gained is someone watching them. <laughs> you know, because you know, cause I always say, if you're not if you're not making money off something, then apparently you know you're losing it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, you know, especially like with those guys that like to fix up those cars, if they're not entering them into like a competition to win money, then you know what's the whole point? You know, you do all this so somebody will look at your car. You know, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with having a nice car with rims or whatever, but the kind of stuff that they do to those cars is just ridiculous. You know, and you know. If somebody gave me one, would I drive it? Sure. But would I do that to my own car? Probably not. I'd be a lot less flashy, you know. Brian, I wanted to talk about the the my whole thing uh, with the loss. We're going to talk about the men in a little bit, but there's another thing that we lose on or our women lose on, and that's dealing with issues when they were children, they were forced in an adult situation. And what I mean by that is if you have a little girl or if you had a teenage girl that was molested or raped, they lost something. Most of the time they've been cheated out of their childhood. Mm -hmm. They've lost that. But now there is a gain in that somewhere. It may not be in their child years. It may be when they become adults. Uh, for example, like on Oprah. Right. There's a lot of women that were raped and molested. You had Maya Angelou that went through that. But look at them now. Now, am I saying that the rape made them who they are? No, but that's something that, that happened to them. And I think it had a lot to do with their character now, the suffering from it. And if you look at these women, everything that they do, they are reaching out to others that are hurting, that are suffering, that have been molested, that have been raped, and they're giving them a solution to their problem. I've been there. I know what it's like. I know what you're going through, but this is what you have to do to come out of that. Yes, I know you lost something, but in that you gain more then you lost. And I think we need to change our mindset 
on how we look at things. When we call them bad things and ugly things, that that's just going to happen. Ugly things will happen. Bad yes. things happen to good people. Yes. You know, the other thing with the childhood and people taking away something from a child is when they try to make a child grow up too fast. You ever see people, like I can remember back when I was uh, probably – couple years out of college, maybe like two, three years out of college, I can remember it was this lady, and she was about my age at the time, I think she was about maybe 23, 24, and she, no, I'm sorry, she was older than me, I was about 23, and she was about 28, 29, and she had a 12-year-old daughter, and her daughter you know, was you know she was a she was a, a tall child. she was a big child for her age. She didn't look twelve years old. She looked like she was about seventeen, eighteen. And this lady, you know, took her child everywhere she went. Everywhere she went, you know, she hung out with the fellas. Her daughter was there. You know, she went to parties. Her daughter was there with her. And her daughter had all kinds of jewelry on, rings on each finger, jewelry around the neck, Dooney and Burke purse. And I'm thinking. You know, because the first question I asked, I said, wait a minute, how old are you? And she says, I'm 12. And I was like, oh, no, you can't come to our party. You know, I'm like, because you're too young. You, you're not supposed to be in here with all these adults. And she said, well, my mama's right there. And I'm like, no, nah, it ain't your mama. You know, I know her. She's not your mama. You know, and it was just it, it just shocked me that a parent would allow her child at age 12 to hang around college kids and, and adults, pretty much. You know, and she talked with the adults. You know, she interacted with them like, it, you know, and most of the guys there were hitting on her because they didn't know she was 12, and I had to say, wait, that's a baby. And they're like, oh, no, 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 you know. And to take a child's, you know, to take a youth, the youth from a child is just like the worst thing that you could do because, in my experience with working with kids, when you take that away from them, that's something that they look for when they get older. And they suffer from that because they've never had an opportunity to be a child. They always had to be the grown-up one to do the adult thing with the adult folks. So being a child, they don't they, they don't have that, that childlike spirit anymore, mm-hmm. you know. And so in that thing... You know, that loss of their childhood, you know, they gained, you know, an adult lifestyle, but the cost that they paid. Yeah, yeah. I want to say people that are preying on others, taking from others. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll go back to the party that you were at and, you, and your friends, some of your friends, probably you didn't know the guys and they were hitting on this 12-year-old. Right. You can't tell me that these guys were talking to a 12-year-old. She may not have looked 12. She may have looked 17 or 18, but I guarantee you her conversation was 12. You can tell when you talk with a, a child. They may look 21. But after you talk with that person for a while, you will understand, okay, this conversation, oh, wait a minute. What in the world does a 20-plus-year-old person have with a 12-year-old? Hmm. And I say anyone that's doing it, they're preying on on that person. They're they're manipulating that person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a child. That's a child. You, You know, if you talk with a person long enough, the conversation, you will figure it out. Now, maybe they didn't care. Maybe they thought a lot of the guys' excuses are, well, I thought she was kind of slow. Okay, no, no, you didn't think she was kind of slow. Come on, let's be real. Let's be real. You didn't think she was slow. You had one thing in mind, and you're drinking, that don't help. And now you're preying on someone that's probably just wanting to have a good time and probably talking to 12 year old they don't they don't really know they see the things on television but they don't know that that's an adult thing they may look at it and say well you know what i have no business doing this 
But I'm going to try it anyway because I saw it on BET. I saw this and that and that, and I'm just going to try it, not knowing that when they lay down with this person, they have a contract with this person now. And you know, Brian, there's only one that can break that contract. That's it. But, Brian, let's go to commercial. Take us a commercial. All right. We'll be right back with the Abundant Solutions Hour. If you had to decide who deserves to go to college, who would it be? A single mom coming back to class with dreams of being a nurse? Or a high school grad intent on a biotechnology career? A police officer learning more about homeland security? Or an out-of-work technician who needs new skills to get a job? Every American deserves a chance for a better future, and community colleges are that gateway for millions of Americans. Our communities and local businesses depend on the students we educate. Today, enrollment at community colleges is growing dramatically, but funding to serve these students is not keeping pace. We need your support to keep the door of opportunity open for all. Important futures are riding on community colleges, including our nation's. Community Colleges, the face of America, the future of America. This message is from the American Association of Community Colleges. Hello, my name is Deborah Akbar, and I've lived the last 18 years as a C7, C8 quadriplegic as a result of a very bad car accident that happened in 1990. But today that's about to change because I have found the Brecker Biofeedback Treatment started by Dr. Bernard S. Brucker at the Miami Jewish Home and Hospital. Now unfortunately, even though he's had a 98% success rate, this procedure is not performed anywhere in Ohio, nor is it covered by insurance. So I'm raising money so that myself and my family can get down to Miami to have this much needed procedure so that I can possibly walk again. If you would like to send a donation, please send it to Deborah Akbar Treatment Fund, Post Office Box, 210034 South Euclid, Ohio 44121-7034 Thank you. We're back with the Abundant Solutions Hour and tonight's topic is turning loss into gain. You know, Greg, when we were talking before the break, we were talking about how children use, lose their youth and you know they lose their 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 youthfulness because of the actions of others. You know, there's another thing that uh, that people lose from, and you know this is a literal loss for some people, and you know a emotional loss for others. And that's when they lose their life. Mm-hmm. Now, Greg, we know you've had uh, two siblings to pass on. Yes. You know what many consider for their time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let you, you know, just expound a little bit on that loss and how it affected you personally. Well, when the first loss, my oldest brother, Ricky, it happened, I was maybe six or seven years old, and I really didn't understand what was going on. But, man, I'm telling you, my house was, it was upside down for for a while. Uh, my mom had three children. I'm, I'm the baby. And to lose uh, my oldest brother, he was 14 at the time, was was a life-changing event. It was something, sometimes I can still see uh, the police cars in the yard and the ambulance and all of this stuff. I could see all of that now, and I learned a lot from it. And while I was going through it, a lot, a lot of my character was being built because I saw my mom and my dad at their weakest point. And I would see my mom comforting my dad, and I see my dad comforting my mom, and I understood what marriage and teamwork is really about. When you become married, I, I see what being one is all about. And then in 1994, I lost my other brother, motorcycle accident. My first mm-hmm. brother was killed in a hunting accident. I lost my other brother, uh, Christopher, in 1994, in a motorcycle accident. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He was run off the road, and he was killed. Mm-hmm. Now I'm back in it again, and you know I'm I, I'm I'm all that's left, and I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? 
But then I, I, I changed the way that I, I was looking at it, and I, and I learned that you're here for a reason. We're all here for a reason. We're all created for greatness. Don't waste your time. And because of the suffering that I went through with my two brothers, I now can reach out to others that are going through similar situations because I've been there. You hear people right. that lose their mother and people that mothers are still alive, they say, I understand. No, you do not understand. There's no one can say that their mother is still alive, that they understand the grieving of a mother, of a child that lost their mother. There's absolutely no way that you can understand that. Now, it's a nice gesture, but that person will kick that down to the side. They will swap that off so quick. And, Brian, when my brother, first brother was killed, I was thinking, as I grew older, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. That, that's what I was thinking because you I know, was You know, that was so the afraid. question I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so afraid for a long time. I was thinking that I was next. And then when my middle brother was killed in 94, now you know what I'm thinking. Right. Okay, okay, here it comes. <laughs> here it comes. But through it all, I'm still here. I'm helping. I'm reaching out to other people. And I don't put limits. I don't put time frames on things. And that's what I think that's the biggest game out of all of this is that there's help needed out there. But a lot of us, we don't spend time to do that. So I think that's my biggest game in, in, in my two brothers' loss. Right. You know, and I was going to talk about how, and, you know, I don't even know how I can follow up what you just talked about, but I was going to talk about how when I lost friends, you know, mm -hmm. at a young age and how that made me feel, you know, but, I mean, losing a brother versus losing a friend is, like, you know, completely different. Whole different ball game. You know, whole different ball <laughs> game. You know, you're not going to grieve as much for a friend as you would for a brother. Mm. You know, even if you treated that friend like a brother, there's still, you know, that soul tie that you have with that brother versus that friend is just, you know, like night and day. Yes, yes, it is. And, Brian, I'll say this, that any time that you're going through something, the best thing to do, even if it's, uh, I'll say rape, I'll say spousal abuse, I'll say uh, molestation, any Thing, any ugly thing that you're going through, no matter what you do, I'm going to say this, Brian, it's hard. It's, it's so hard. Well, no matter what you do, no matter what's being uh, the things that are coming against you or what's happening to you, mm -hmm. always operate in love. Yes. That's hard. Oh, no doubt. You know. That's hard. That's hard now. Especially for someone who who knows their attacker. Yes. You know, or for the person that that found out that, hey, I'm a I'm a product of a vicious attack, mm -hmm. and now you have to meet the person that you know that attacked your mother, you know, or the person that that killed your brother, or your sister, you know, or your parents, you know, and that's when it becomes a true test of yes. your faith of your endurance, can you get through this? Mm -hmm. You know, but like we said at the beginning of the show, all losses can be turned into gains. So, Greg, what do you do to begin to turn that loss into a gain? Because it's possible. When you operate in love, it's automatically a gain right off of the bat. You're winning right off the bat. Emotionally, it don't feel like it. And I'll say this about the enemy, that whenever he attacks, see, he'll get you to create and do something so small. And most of the times, or every time, it's a flesh thing. The enemy will always try to fulfill the flesh. Mm -hmm. That's what he's going to tempt you with, something that you like. He's going to get you to do something that's going to make you feel good. 
It's a temporary quick thing, I guarantee you. Yeah, quick fix. Let's say, let's say it's rape. It's a quick thing. It's a quick thing for the person that's raping, that's doing the raping. It's quick. But see, his, his, his thinking is, I'm going to cause long-term damage. We're thinking it's quick. We're thinking it's going to be over. No, it's not. He's tricking you. He's fooling you into thinking it's a quick fix. Do this, whatever, whatever. It's just like crack cocaine. Everybody wants that high. That's on crack. They want that high. They're chasing that, that very first high. They can never catch up. They can never get that same feeling again. That's what they're chasing. Mm-hmm. And they think it's a quick thing. But look at the long-term effects of it. There's no sin that we commit that is quick and over with just like that. It's a long-term thing. And that's what he's fooling us with. But if you have been attacked, if you've been raped, if you've been through anything, if you're down in the valley, you can get back up. You can come out of that. What you're going to have to do, it's a, you know, we, it's a personal thing. It is a personal thing. When you're in that position, you're going to have to take you out of the attack. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to take you, you're going to have to remove you out of it and say, okay, now what's going on here? Take your personal feelings out of it. Because, Brian, there's a lot of women right now that's walking around and they hate the man that did what he did to them. Yes, it was ugly. Yes, he was wrong. Yes, he's guilty. But if you're walking around with that hating you and that anger, I guarantee you he's not. Hmm. And you're not free. You're you're holding yourself in a prison in your mind, and you're thinking about it every single day. But it's time to come out of that, and you can do that tonight. If you commit yourself to coming out of it, you can come out of it, and you can defeat that ugly thing. You can defeat that. Brian, a lot of people, a lot of kids, you know that when we go out to the detention center, one of the kids said that he saw his mom and dad killed. Hmm. He saw someone kill them. And he hate that person to this day. I mean, it was, when he talk about it, you can see the anger and the frustration in this kid. And, Brian, that's why he's in the detention center. Right. But it's so hard to have a, you know, to talk with a child and have him to process this type of thing like that. It's hard to get a child to process, okay, I was raped, but you want me to operate in love? My mother was killed, but you want me to operate in love? My mother or father is hooked on crack and is left, but you want me to operate in love? What kind of love is that? There's only one, the author of it. The definition of love, that's your help. Yes. You know, Greg, like I said before, it's easy on when you're on the outside and you're on outside looking in when you're talking to people about things and you haven't had that first-hand experience with it. Mm-hmm. You know, but what happens when you've had that experience and then when you're, when you're trying to help somebody, you know, and you have to relive that experience over and over? You know, that, that's, that's one of the things that when I talk to certain people that have gone through it, like, you know, I in the realm of HIV and AIDS, I've talked to people who are positive. Mm-hmm. And some of them say, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I'd probably do it the same way, except for the fact that I have this disease. Mm-hmm. You know? And at first that kind of threw me off, and I didn't understand, you know, what do you mean you do the same thing that got you the disease over? You know, but it wasn't that they were doing the same thing over. It's just that they didn't want to change you know, their life, you know, or live their life any different than the way they used to live it, you know. Mm-hmm. But just listening to them made me think about some of the things that, that I've gone through that if I could change it, heck, I would. You know, and I'm like, well, wait, wait a minute. 
do I really want to change that? Because what would be the result? You know, have you ever watched uh, the movies when they have, like, the time machine and they say, don't go find yourself because you'll throw off the space-time continuum? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's sort of like what they were saying, you know. They were saying, I don't want to change anything in my past because my past has shaped my future, which is now my present. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to change too much of my past because it, then I wouldn't be the person who I am right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, you, and that's are you what kind of following me on that? Yes, and that's what we mess up at. When we, when we try to bring the past into the future, you can't do it. But now I'll say this, Brian, a lot of people uh, open old wounds. Old wounds open all the time. Uh-huh. They, 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 the, on the outside, that scar looks pretty. It looks healed. But when you bring it up, you can see that scar open right back up. Uh-huh. Talk to a person that don't know about forgiveness. Talk with a person that can't forgive or will not forgive the person that killed their loved one. Talk to the woman that was raped by a victim that she sees every single day in her neighborhood. Mm. Now, this thing is deep. This forgiveness is a tool, and you, when you forgive, you gain instantly. Forgiveness, see, you can forgive, but love has to be in it. You can't forgive without love. You can't do it. The two go hand in hand. Right. When you truly forgive, you will love that person. Now, someone may be listening right saying, how in the world am I going to love the person that raped me, that killed my parents, that did this or did that? Right, our favorite book says, "If you, how can you love me when you, you never saw me? Mm-hmm. But you hate your brothers. Now we got to figure out what is it and why is it that this person raped you? Was it about you or was it about something that you were created to do that's on a bigger and grander scale? What if Oprah would have given up? And I guarantee you, Brian, if you look at all these people that are that are on television, these big time stars that's doing it, there's a story behind all of that glory. Mm-hmm. There's a story, and they tell it. A lot of them, most of them, they'll tell it. I don't know if you've heard Donnie McKirkland's testimony. I, I I've heard some of it. I I, I know I watched his uh, documentary as well. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, you know how you, when you're listening, but you're not really listening, I was kind of like working and watching it at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I heard a lot about how he went through being ridiculed and teased because of his hands and his feet. He had like the web hands and the web feet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was being teased and ridiculed by that. And it kind of pushed him away from people. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at a story like his where, he had to go through so much as a young child and then as a young adult and then as an adult, you know, and now you look at where he is now, you know, still not who he's supposed to be, but real close, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he's And he's operating out. in what he's supposed to be doing. I'll say it like that. He's reaching out to others. He's reaching right. out to others. And that's so important that... That's our calling. That's our gift. That's that's why we were created. Some would say, well, no, yes. Anything and everything that you ever want to do, it will have an effect on people. Mm-hmm. It will have an effect on people. If your dream is to be an actor, okay, it's going to have an effect on the people that want you. That's just how it is. And it's a sad thing when we hold on to our loss. When we hold on to that loss and we let the loss outweigh the gain. 
And that happens. That happens uh, so often. Brandon, I, w- I want to change gears for a second. We have a lot of people. Well, well, let's go to a commercial, and when we come back, we'll we'll come right back. All right. We'll be right back with the Abundant Solutions Hour. Classified section, may I help you? Yeah, I'd like to place an ad for an apartment I'll be renting out. Okay, how should the ad read? Uh, sunny one bedroom, 850 square feet, modern kitchen, hardwood floors, $1,000 a month rent. Available immediately, unless you're African American, Hispanic, Asian, Middle Eastern, Indian, or a member of any other minority group. Okay. Uh, apartment is also unavailable if you are female, have children, a disability, or believe in a non-traditional religion. Anything else, sir? No, oh, yeah. Can we add that pets are okay? Certainly. Unfortunately, housing discrimination isn't always this obvious. If you think you've been a victim because of your race, color, national origin, sex, religion, disability, or family status, Call 800-669-9777 or visit HUD.gov. Fair housing. It's not an option. It's the law. Brought to you by HUD and the Ad Council. Treat me with understanding. Treat me with respect. Drug and alcohol addiction is an equal opportunity disease. Treat me without judgment. Individuals in recovery come from all walks of life and deserve to be treated with respect for winning one of the hardest battles there is. Treat me with courtesy. Treat me with humanity. Alcohol and drug addiction deserves proper treatment. For drug and alcohol information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Your baby is so cute. How old is she? Six months. Mine too. Is your baby also getting her immunizations today? Yes. It's hard to get here sometimes, but I find a way. It's my lunch hour. I had so many questions at first, but I got all the answers from my doctor. Immunizations are one of the best ways to protect your baby's health. Call your health care provider to make sure your child is fully immunized by age 2. For more information, call toll-free 1-800-232-4636. Sponsored by the Department of Health and Human Services. We're back with the Abundant Solutions Hour, and tonight's topic is turning loss into gain. Just before the break, Greg, you had something you wanted to talk about. You wanted to change gears a little bit. Go right ahead. Yeah, I was going to change gears. We, I, I want to talk about the kids that right now um, that are struggling with drugs. They were, they're struggling with the pressures of sex. They're struggling with classism. And when I say classism, that's one of the things that as children – Everything is about class. People will say, no, it's about race. That's one of the class things. That's one of the the, the parts of it. To be in the class with some of the kids, you either have to uh, be sexually active or do this or do that. It's always, most of the times, it's always a negative thing that they want you to do. And the pressures of that, it's just overwhelming when you and I were in school, Brandon, we didn't we never faced the things that these kids are facing right now. They are up against it's like a war. Yeah. And it's so tough. And these kids they really don't a lot of them don't have uh, anyone that they could turn to. They do but they choose not to, I, I, I would think. And I, I pray and hope that I'm wrong. But it seems like there should be someone that they could talk to, they could reach out to and say, Listen, I'm going through this or I'm going through that, and not it, depend on drugs to give them their their escape from the situation right then. You know, Greg, and, it, and the funny thing about it is that when you look at it from a, from a social perspective, you know, from a, well, from a marketing perspective, the folks out there that market the, you know, the products, they make it look so attractive, you know, when you think about it with cigarettes. Yes. You know, they can't directly market cigarettes anymore, but they have the billboards all over the place. And what do you see? You don't see a big, you know, overweight guy with a, you know, oxygen mask on holding a cigarette. You know, 
You don't see a, a lady who's lost all of her hair from alopecia and, you know, who's uh, dying from lung cancer holding a cigarette on those billboards. You see Foxy Lady with the Virginia Slim cigarette, you know. You see the Marlboro Man, you know. And so mm-hmm. all these all these negative images are dressed up to look positive. You know, they're dressed up to, to look like you're going to get something out of this. You know, I remember uh, being at a health fair, and there was a lady talking about the dangers of smoking. And she talked about how over in China they, they had billboards, and they would mark it and say the, the tobacco marketers were very, very smart. He said, if you work for the, she, what she was saying, that if you work for the tobacco companies, they, they used to give you free packs of cigarettes mm-hmm. because you were their best advertisement. That's to hook you. Right? Mm-hmm. You, became, you became easy advertisement because all they had to do was give you a pack of cigarettes, and you'd smoke them all the time. And that was cheaper than buying a $1,000 a week billboard, just give you a carton of cigarettes. You know? And uh, they were saying out over in China that, you know, in many of the cultures in China, women are not permitted to speak around men. Like when you see the geishas, they're not allowed to speak in the presence of men. Mm-hmm. And so they w- they had the, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it said. Oh, it said, you have a voice. Speak loudly. Yeah, no, I've seen that. it said speak loudly, and it had a, a lady with a cigarette. I've seen that commercial. You know, and so immediately that hooked the ladies on the female versions of the cigarette mm-hmm. because they felt empowered to smoke a cigarette. You know, and so you have those negative images where they're trying to, you know, bring you into that into that lifestyle or whatever, that can be a loss for you. Mm-hmm. But turning that loss, that negative situation, that time where you smoke that cigarette or you smoke that joint or you sniff that cocaine or you, 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 know, you freebase that rock, you know, you can turn that negative situation into something positive because now you have information. You've gained that information. You know what it can do to your body. You know how it made you, you know, sick or how it made you sterile or how it led you to go out and do a sex act that you would have never done, you know, or led you to to cheat on your family members or your husband or your wife or, you know, it it made you spend more money than you had. So you stole. You see what I mean? You have that experience now that you can go back and tell other people because the only way you can gain from a from a situation is that you take that knowledge that of that experience and you use it to serve others. Yes. That they're not qualified. Right. And that's a word we use we use a lot around here when we talk to a lot of the people. We talk about them being qualified to talk on this on, on a particular subject. And that's so powerful. A lot of times we hold those past things as, as shame when it's actually a blessing. Mm-hmm. If you look at how you came out of it. You know, Greg, on on a personal note, I can remember back in the day when I used to drink alcohol. And I was what you would call a lush. Because every Friday, it didn't matter what Friday it was. Every Friday, I had a 12-pack of Heineken and one of those big bottles of E&J VSOP. And that's what I would do on Fridays. We'd party it up. We'd drink half the bottle and all the, all the beers. And by Saturday, I was going to the nightclub. I'd get me a triple shot of Remy Martin to start off. And then whatever else I decided to wash that one down with, that's how, you know, by the end of the night, I'm drinking... Moed and Alize and Hennessy and Alize, and this is what I was. This is what I would do every week, all week long. So my experience was, I knew what alcohol could do to you. 
you know. I didn't even, by the time I stopped drinking alcohol, I was suffering from severely high blood pressure and didn't even know it. Mm. But something made me stop. Something said, well, I know what it was that made me stop, you know. But when I finally stopped, I said, no more. And that was, and the time when I, because I, you know, I tried stopping once before, and I said, ah, you know, it's no big deal. I just get one little drink. It won't hurt. And that started me back on again, you know. And I can remember when I decided to stop, that's when the enemy just came with a barrage. I mean, he came hard, Greg. Yes. The next thing I know, every party I went to, every place I was invited to had a full bar that was absolutely free and people were offering to make drinks for me before I was paying for all my drinks you know spending at least a hundred to two hundred dollars a week partying and drinking alcohol well then as soon as I stopped now people are trying to give me you know two and three dollars hundred dollars worth of alcohol a week Mm-hmm. You know, everywhere I was, I was being invited to a dinner party. Oh, they got drinks. Oh, sure, we have a full bar at this house. And it's like, nope, I don't drink anymore. I found myself at one party where I was actually just drinking Sprite Remix all night because that's the only thing that they had that was non-alcoholic. And, you know, after you're about six or seven cup of Sprite Remix, <laughs> you're pretty tired of it, Yeah, you know. But they had, but where we were, it was so hot that you had to drink something, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but I found myself being challenged each time. But my loss, all the money that I lost, all the health-related issues that I had to that I had to deal with, those were losses for me. But what I gained is the knowledge and the experience and the character that comes with saying no to that. See, now I can say no to it, and it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I can smell it and not want it. You know, I could accidentally drink it not knowing what's, what it is I'm drinking, thinking it's non-alcoholic, and it alcoholic, taste it, know it, and not want it. When before, if I just, if I just saw it, it was like, oh, man, uh, it won't hurt. Just drink one, just drink two. You know, just drink three. Okay, give me the whole bottle. <laughs> you know, and that was my that was my progression. And mm-hmm. so for me to give that up, you know, when I when I lost the desire for drinking alcohol, I gained my life back. Yes, I gained those two hundred dollars a week back too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that helped. Oh yeah, that helps tremendously. You know. Yeah. And now I don't even see myself as being, you know how you know how, when some folks they've they've gone through alcoholism and they say I'm a recovering alcoholic. Yes. Well, see, I don't even see myself as a recovering alcoholic. I've been, I'm I'm, I'm considered I'm a redeemed alcoholic. I've been yeah. recovered. Yeah. I'm not recovering because see. Recovering means you're still going through the motions of trying to recover. Mm-hmm. See, I've already recovered because I don't have a desire for it. Mm. It doesn't do anything for me. That's awesome. And that was just that's just my personal testimony on that, on that turning a loss into a gain. Mm. There's always a gain and a loss. No matter what, there's a gain in it. There's a story in it. And I made the statement the other night, Brian, that a lot of times we ask the Creator to take us out of the suffering and out of the pain. Please don't ask Him to do that. You might miss what He's trying to show you. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that you're going through what you're going through. There's a reason that you're suffering. There is a reason. But we have to stay focused. We have to stay focused. Brian, if you would, we have a caller on the line. We've had several, but we haven't had a chance to go to them. But let's go to this one. All right, let's do that. Caller from the three one four area code. Oh, we lost them. Oh, right. we tried, caller. Call on back in. 
Yes. But Brian, what I was saying is we have to stay committed and focused on on on, on what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. If we're able to do that, we will accomplish it. Maybe some doors may be closed in our face, but that's okay. There will be other doors that will open up, and no one will be able to close those doors. Right. And, Brian, to those that are struggling with alcohol or any type of drug, it's a hard thing to beat. It's a hard thing to fight with. But you have to fight, no matter if you're hooked on drugs, no matter what you're on. Every day is a fight. It's a struggle. And a lot of times it's just a struggle and a fight to keep our sanity because that's where the fa- that's where the fight and that's where the battle is. That's mm-hmm. where everything begins. It's in our mind and what we believe and what we think. And yeah. the things that we think about the longest, it becomes the strongest. So true. Ah, think, say that again, Greg. Say that the, again. The things we think about the longest will become the strongest. All right. So whatever and, you you're know, thinking, yeah, whatever you're thinking, that's what you are. Whatever you're thinking, our favorite book says it. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you think, that's what you are. That's so shall you be. Mhm. You know, and I was thinking about that. That's negative or positive. If you dwell yeah. on something. You know, say anything you starve, it will die. And anything you feed, it will grow. It will grow. If yeah. you starve a positive mindset, if you don't feed that positive mindset, it's going to die. If you feed a negative mindset, it's going to get larger. That's right. And some of us around, you know, some of us are obese with negative with negativity. Yes. We're just obese with it. And instead of starving that negativity, we continue to feed it. I ain't worried about that. I, I ain't going to never get it no way. Or I'll never get that job that they have. Or I'll never be able to talk to somebody on that level. You know, or, you know, this is, the, this, this is what we do. We continue to kill our future. Yeah. We continue to kill our dreams. You know, because everybody's dreaming. Everybody dreams. Everybody has something that they aspire to be, something that they aspire to do. Yes. And then they turn around and they kill it by saying, I can't. Mm. Or maybe that's not for me. Mm. Or maybe I shouldn't be doing that. That's not my calling. Even though I've been operating in it for a while now, it's not what I'm supposed to do. Well, maybe it's not what you're supposed to do, but maybe it's going to help you in doing what you're supposed to do. So mm-hmm. keep going. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't be discouraged. You know, that's the one thing I that as a song, and it says that don't be discouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the one thing that that we that we keep running into we keep running in you know greg and i we talk to people and it seems like they're just so discouraged they are not ready to experience the glory you know they're not ready to to go out there and experience the what what's out there for them their destiny you know tonight i just want to leave you all with this one thought Turning your loss into gain is just as easy as having all that you've gained being taken away. It's the same process. Just like you can lose it all, you can gain it all. It's all about how you want to perceive the gain or the loss. It's all about how you perceive what what you've actually gained and what you've lost. Yes, that's so true. You know, we're running with about 30 seconds left in the show. 
I just want to thank everyone for listening in tonight, the one, folks in the chat room, uh, those that have called in, tried to call in and get to us. We apologize. Call us back on Friday. Talk Radio. Yes, the show Friday, Brian, go ahead. Show's off. No. Yeah, we're going to have an awesome show on Friday. We'll send out a bulletin, so please be looking out for it. With that being said, Brian, we've accomplished our goal tonight of being more, doing more, and having more. Good night. God bless.